0: So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week, To give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Today's guest is the, and yes, I'm adding a V because she has earned it and you will see why, the Damona Hoffman. She's a certified dating coach and media personality. She's a regular contributor to the Drew Barrymore Show. NPR, The Washington Post, The LA Times, and so much more. Plus, she is the official U.S. dating expert of OkCupid. That means she knows some shit on both sides of the curtain. Demona's podcast, Dates and Mates, just launched its 10th season and has recently received the award for the best podcast of the year at the Black Podcasting Awards. Enjoy. Enjoy. The Damona Hoffman. Damona, I want to thank you first for um, being a host slash contributor to this podcast. I think um, you're going to help many people because, man, I mean, uh, people who are single, I think, um, sometimes um, can struggle more than people in relationships uh, because of society, because uh, internalization, and um, of course, we're going to talk about um, dating and dating apps and all of that. Uh, I have a lot of clients who um, are <laughs> who, who are miserable because they're they're single, and it's, it's it's actually kind of sad.
1: Yeah, I I understand it uh, both from the perspective of having been single. <laughs> now I'm yes. in a relationship, but um, I for the last 15 years I've helped shepherd people through this whole process, starting with online dating, and I know online dating really gets a bad rap, but I think a lot has shifted in dating culture mm-hmm. in the last 15 years that I've been doing this and, and longer since, uh, you know, maybe some of your clients and, uh, listeners were last single and, uh, I'm really about giving people the tools to adapt to the new yes. normal and so that they can be successful and health, have a healthy mindset around dating, um, even in the, in the messy middle.
0: <laughs> When, when, when was it that, uh, you were single last? Cause you're in a, well, i have yeah, been married for 15 yeah.
1: years and that was wow. really meeting my husband online was really the catalyst for me to become a dating coach. And because mm-hmm. people were like, Oh, well I tried online dating. It didn't work. Or like, isn't it online dating for nerds? This is, you know, right. years ago, this is before Tinder. And, uh, it took us a long time to even acknowledge that was how we met. But, Once people saw that I had a strategy, and I kind of stumbled into it, um, using insights from my prior career as a casting director and what I I used to tell actors about having headshots that would tell their story and stand out, and going into an audition, you know, first date is is an audition, (laughs) right, right. uh, Profile pic is a headshot, so those skills that I developed in my professional life before were all applicable in online dating. I used them to meet my husband and then other people uh, leaned on me for support and that grew into now my full-time job.
0: I had no idea you were a casting director, but if you were, I mean, you already had um, a lot of tools um, in the way that you present yourself. And I mean, because I think a lot of that probably transfers directly over into um, dating apps and dating, no?
1: It, it does. I didn't realize it really at the time, but I tell my clients that nothing is wasted. Like no experience that you have is just like, well, that was even a bad relationship. I'm like, let's see what we can learn from this and apply that to, to our dating choices or our next relationship. So I just try to use everything. (laughs) And that's really, you can't, you have to, you know, when you're Trying to fit everything into a dating Mm -hmm. profile, that's hard to do because we are complex and uh, dynamic and interesting individuals, all of us. But what I try to get people to do is really synthesize that down back to the mindset that I had as a casting director. is like all of these actors I'm sure are fantastic, but I'm casting for one role and I can't bring everybody (laughs) in. (laughs) So I have to make some choices about that.
0: why let's let's just let's let's back up a little bit why do you think um people i know not everyone but a lot of people that i talk to um they hate dating apps and they hate uh um, how we meet people meet people these days why do you think that is why 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 do people hate the whole process of you know swiping and, and how we meet people today
1: well, it's like they say, "Don't hate the playa, hate the game." <laughs> like I think the <laughs> dating app is just is just the playa, you know? It's right, the right. it's the most popular way that people make connections today, and it has shifted dating culture. But I believe not as much as other other pieces of technology have shifted dating culture, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I think people. The, the simple answer to your question is that dating apps have, there's a certain way to use them and they've become mm. so popular so quickly that now everyone floods to the dating apps. And especially in the pandemic, that was the only way to meet people. And so a lot of people were using dating apps, but they didn't have the foundation for how to do it effectively. Right. And it also was happening because of, the swipe technology. I I noticed a big change in my business when it went from dating sites to Mm -hmm. dating apps and everyone wanting that ease of use and the speed of dating increased. And so then we were feeling all of that frustration and disappointment that you you and I probably felt when we were like dating out in the wild, but you feel it more acutely because it's happening to you several times a week, not just, you know, once a month when you decide to shoot your shot.
0: Right. Is it the, um, rejection? Is it the internalization? I find that a lot of my clients, um, struggle with dating apps because, uh, it seems like, um, they don't get the response they want. Um, or, uh, they feel like, you know, the, the there's no one good out there. They say, um, And then there's always, you know, like the uh, the catfishing, the ghosting, um, dick pics, uh, all all the stuff now that comes with dating that you know um, can be. uh, I don't know. I I guess a lot of lot of people looking for love and want to build a relationship, um, especially today, have lower uh, tolerance when it comes to um, this whole experience. And so when you're on a dating app. Uh, and I think it's different, right, like the, the temperature of, say, Tinder to Bumble to all these different, you know, OKCupid, you your you're, you know, um, um, what would you I'm say official, you are with I'm official the U.S.
1: dating coach? Of okay. Yeah,
0: on OKCupid. <laughs> so it seems like every dating app is different in tone, um, demographic, population, all of that. And so uh, it could be overwhelming, I guess, for many
1: I'm glad that you recognized that and <laughs> and shine a light on it. Cause I think a lot of times people don't realize the nuance and they'll be on an app that they don't, they don't like the people there. They don't like the functionality. Mm-hmm. They feel frustrated when they're using it and they will extrapolate that out into like all online dating is bad or there are no matches. Right. And right. I, I lead my clients through this process where we, really figure out the best match for you right now where you are it also depends on depends on your age depends on what you're looking for depends on your location and different apps are get different results wherever you are but i i think a lot of this also comes from what happens psychologically when we interact with technology
0: Mm, so this explain. is why
1: I say the problem is larger than the dating apps. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're you're a psychologist, so you know, you know brain chemistry, brain science. What happens when we get a we get a notification on our phone?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We get like a dopamine release, we get excited right. and we're like, ooh, this is a possibility. This could be someone. And then our hopes get diminished, and then we have withdrawal, and it's literally causing us to have those peaks and valleys and it's happening more frequently. Mm -hmm. And so then we get more discouraged because we got our hopes up about this person that we don't actually know. We don't even know the person exists. We don't know anything about the person, but we put all of our hopes and expectations in the person. And because of the way that all apps really are we rewiring our brains we really can put ourselves into a depressive state because of what's happening in our own uh, in our own neuro. neuro- yeah chemistry. I
0: mean what I hear you saying is uh, we're creating fantasy. We are um, painting already uh, what could be who this person is. We're filling in a lot of blanks. Um, which is not really true because we haven't even gotten to to know someone yet. Right. So if we like someone and and we go through their um, pics, their bio, we swipe. Now we're already, you know, maybe not, you know, thinking about baby names and stuff, but we're thinking about who this person is, what could be all of this. And then um, we don't get the, you know, they don't hit the ball back and then we fall from that. And I think what's dangerous is then not only the rejection, but then internalizing, oh, I'm not attractive. There's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. you know, all of those, those things. And then of course, if you have that experience, you're, you're you know, the stove's going to be hot. You're not going to want to touch dating apps again because it makes you feel mm. shitty.
1: I definitely think that's part of it. I think mm-hmm. the, the notifications and the constant drip of, of reward notifications that happen, Um, is part of it. And then I think another part of it is what you just said, where it's the storytelling part of our brains, where we get lost in this fantasy and the possibility. I mean, the number of questions that I get on my dates and mates podcast that say, I met this person online and they are perfect. Mm. I really think that they are the one. I think that they are the match for me. I never get excited about somebody online, but this person is it. And I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. You, don't, you don't even know that person. Yeah, you haven't even. Sometimes, met them sometimes yet, you haven't right. even met. Yeah, right. sometimes they've met, and sometimes it's literally just a story that they're playing in their mind. And this is why I have my clients get offline as quickly as possible. So whether that means this is still online, but off of the app, I have them do a a video chat or a Mm, phone call. I'm still a fan of the phone call. Now don't be calling people just up out of the blue because they won't answer (laughs) in today's culture. But if you say like, I really want to, you know, chat before we meet up or hear your voice, that's an additional screening step that will really conserve your energy because we had so much possibility flood into our lives when the dating app's when the dating apps hit the scene and everybody's like, ah, I want to go date. I want to go on all these dates. And then especially during the pandemic, it's like, well, I'm at home. What else am I doing? I could be dating all day long, Mm -hmm. but you really can't. Your time is really valuable and you have to have some sort of a filter set up before you invest all of your time and emotional energy in somebody that really is just kind of an avatar in your phone
0: yeah and um i actually think um a phone call is more intimate than say zoom there's something about uh someone in your ear and having a phone call where i i mean I, you know with the ear pods and stuff that i think is it can be very intimate instead of um what we're used to which is you know video because now we do it for work yeah, and got, it, you know yeah
1: we got very used to video yeah and i i just i actually find that there's more information there's like you know you your annoying roommate in the background, your Mm -hmm. kids, Mm -hmm. your messy bed. And I think video can be very intimate because you're like inviting somebody that you just met into your home.
2: Mm. But
1: I will tell you like all of my, all of my like millennial and Gen Z clients are like, lady, what are you talking about with a phone call? Like, (laughs) so I kind of give everyone the spectrum of options now, but definitely do some sort of pre-screen before you, you know, ladies get your, get your makeup all on. I don't know some yeah. guys get your makeup all on and you, you know, plunk down the money for that date and you get the Uber to go across town and all that. Like, that's a huge emotional investment mm-hmm. in that person. Mm-hmm. And I try to get people to slow it all down in the lead up and in that early phase of dating. Because what's the rush? <laughs> what's the rush? If it's, it's either going to work out or it's not. Right. But if you if you like take in the information and and actually figure out if this person aligns with your goals and your values before you are making declarations about what your future holds together mm-hmm. you'll you'll feel a lot more in control of what's happening cuz you're not just going with the momentum
0: um speaking of babies crying do you hear my baby crying in the background yeah i'm making all kinds of judgments about you (laughs) no but that's true i mean you know i'm sitting in a room but you could hear yeah you could hear her crying and uh been there um, yeah that's just part of zoom you know (laughs) so let's talk about mindsets uh anyone on dating apps today what is what is the mindset what is the healthy way in and then after that let's talk about some practices uh To make you, I don't want to say to make you more attractive, but um, maybe more honest, more, you know, uh, better advertising, if you will, um, to have, you know, a better uh, experience finding dates.
1: Yes, we can definitely help with that. But mindset is so foundational. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that is where I start all of my clients. Like before we even set up a dating profile, I'm like, you got to tell me. Who are you <laughs> and what do you want? What are you looking for? And don't just regurgitate everything that you think you want from, you know, the same list that everybody has. But I have people get really, really clear on like what will it feel like to have this partner in my life? Mm. How would this person treat me? And what do they believe about the world? What are their goals for the future? Because You might not recognize the packaging that it comes in, but you're going to recognize that feeling when you're with that person and you're like, wow, I feel really safe. I feel really, I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel supported. You'll recognize that. You might not recognize their height or their job or whatever these superficial qualities are that we may put on our dating app and front load Um, the search with. So once we clarify that, then we also develop like a growth mindset around dating. I Mm -hmm. believe that dating, dating is a set of learned skills. And somehow we got this narrative in our minds that we should just know how to attract people. We should know how to date that if we're on these dating apps, it means we failed. We failed somewhere along the way. And instead of looking at it like okay, with these apps, I have the opportunity to expand my social circle and my dating pool beyond the people in my immediate area. I think that's tremendously empowering, especially as a woman, like, you know, 60, 70 years ago, I probably would have just had to like marry somebody from high school or college, you know, went to my temple. Right. And now I have so much choice and with choices, it's a lot of opportunity, but it's also a lot of responsibility. So I try to make those decisions with my clients before we even get into the app. Because then once you start with the app, you get into that momentum that I was talking about. You get into the like attraction and feeling the vibes and and chemistry and all these other things that people chase that don't necessarily add up to, is this person building the kind of life that I want to build? And is this person making me feel the way I want to feel in a relationship?
0: I I love what you're saying. Um, You're saying to trace the feeling that you want instead of just going after a quote unquote type or, you know, um, and and I fall into this too, where uh, when you think about who you want to be with, a lot of times we think about what that person looks like, right. Or, uh, or even like what they do, or, you know, um, but what you're saying is ask yourself how this person is going to make you feel and then go after that feeling. And that person may not come in the package that you um, are are thinking, but you know that this is good because the feeling is there. And so I love that using your feel, your feeling as a radar instead of your eyes.
1: Yeah. And we've spent so much time, pushing those feelings away you know like we we shut that off and we don't listen to our intuition we don't trust our gut and we go based on well on paper this person is great or i think my mom would like this person and we don't even know really who they are yet, but we start to tell that story, like I was saying earlier. So Let, let's do a really- quick exercise.
0: What are some words that come to your mind when you think about, uh, and of course, you know, everyone's, everyone uh, uh, may have different words, but um, as far as the feeling that you should have, I don't know if I should say you should, but uh, um, these these are green, green flags, right? So for me, uh, what comes to mind is if you feel safe, right? Safety. Mm-hmm that you could trust this person. What are some other feelings that can be a green light for um when you're dating?
1: Well, it is different from person to person, which is why, you know, I encourage people to walk through this experience on their own, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think feeling safe is is that's like base baseline. <laughs> yeah, that's foundational. <laughs> that's foundational and What about you know, sexual chemistry? Kind, what about
0: attraction in that way, physical attraction?
1: I My feeling on that is it, it develops really over time. It develops Mm. as you get to know someone. So I have a three date rule for my clients. Mm -hmm. I don't pay attention to the first date. The first date, I just say, you need to be curious, curious enough about that person to spend another hour with them. And Mm. while we're talking about (laughs) <laughs> how much time you should spend on the dates. Uh, probably shorter is better in the early phase. A lot of times mm-hmm. people will, will overstay their welcome on the first day. Like do the end. whole
0: day, you know? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah, that's too, it's much too much time. Much, huh?
1: Well, because you will end up either either you're you're playing out this fantasy story in your mind. Mm-hmm. And that person may line up with the story, but they may not. Um, you probably will reveal things about yourself, that that person hasn't really earned your trust.
2: That's mm, another foundational soon.
1: element of a relationship. Yeah. Right. And you're probably drinking. <laughs> <laughs> if you drink, you're probably drinking. And yeah. the, longer, the longer that you stay, the more that you drink, the less you're really operating based on uh, you're 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 out of your thinking brain right and you're you're just kind of operating based on mm. chemistry if, if you're hungry However,
0: don't go to the buffet and that's what we're talking about right <laughs> if you're hungry just, you don't just yeah. don't spend the whole day with someone and you, and you know by the middle of the day you're telling them your entire life story and yeah
1: yeah it's a little too much too soon and I, I think the chemistry can be there, but what people are responding to, it's, it's a biological attraction. It's not necessarily for a long-term connection. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for mm-hmm. on the apps. Like there's a, a, a lot of the apps have, a uh, people, believe are just for hookups. I don't think that that's the case. I think it's for whatever you want it to be for. But if you want it to be for a hookup, it could be for a hookup. But if you want it to be for a relationship, I do have my clients follow that three date rule. And then if by the third date, you're not feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm curious, like what it would be like to kiss that one. I'm feeling, I'm feeling something. Mm -hmm. Then it's usually... Time to let it go.
2: <laughs> I can tell yeah. you a
1: story about my own uh, experience doing this before I met my husband. I was dating, you know, I was living in L.A. Uh, as a casting director. I was dating mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, actor, writer, mm-hmm. musician types. Right. <laughs> and uh, they weren't that great to me, John. Honestly, they weren't that nice. And I couldn't tell who was really interested in me and who was interested in my job. And it, oh, it was pretty messy. Right, and right. my, my boss did like an intervention and she said, you have to try these dating apps. They're so great. There's so many guys there and, and you're, and you need to date a nice guy. And, you know, in hindsight, like I used that as my dating plan. I called it operation DNG, <laughs> operation mm-hmm. date, nice guys.
0: Date nice guys. Yeah.
1: I, you know, if I were coaching myself, I would have my, I would have myself get a little more granular about what that really meant. But I understood, I understood what operation DNG was. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you when I met my husband, it felt really different the way that he showed up. I actually, the first thing I thought was like, oh, he seems so nice. And my second thought was maybe I can introduce him to somebody because he seems so nice, but that's like not my type. And then I reminded myself because I had this dating plan that I had named and claimed Mm -hmm. that I'm doing the Operation Date Nice Guys. That is what I want and that is what I deserve. And I really had to retrain my attractions to not see the, the kindness as something like, Oh, well, that's not for me to see that as something that was core to the person that I was going to end up. So
0: what were with. you attracted to? Um, if it wasn't nice guys, you were attracted to quote unquote, the bad boys or people who were not nice.
1: Well, for now we're doing a session with me, but yes. I, I, was, <laughs> I would say it was more, um, people who were interesting and excited me mm. and that came with a level of unpredictability that I think was not sustainable for a long-term relationship.
0: Mm. Yeah. But we get so, caught up
1: in the emotions of that, right? Like the unpredictability. It's like right. I'm feeling something, and then I'm sure you've heard this all the time from people when they're with someone that's stable and reliable, and yeah, that can and feel boring. Communicative. Yeah, it's like oh, this is so boring. But yeah. It's
0: not. So if you didn't. Fifteen years
1: later, it's not boring at all.
0: If you didn't have the um, intention to um, date nice guys or at least give that a shot, you would have fallen into the pattern of going for the chaos, huh? Because that's what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. just
1: got my number there. Uh, Yeah, probably. Probably. I I would have thought, oh, well, he's so nice and predictable in his banana republic. Sweater with the button-down <laughs> shirt and the wool right. pants. I swear, this is exactly. I still remember. I still remember what he was wearing. wrinkle free pants. His, is that what you said? <laughs> it was like these wool, these wool Banana Republic. Oh, just, okay. Just very, yeah. predictable. You know, Ivy League pants. But you drew the
0: you drew, you drew the line at Dockers. If he was wearing Dockers, it's like okay, I can't that do it. that. But I could no. do I could do Banana Republic.
1: <laughs> I could. I'm giving him a I shot could. with that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but. When I say I remember exactly what he was wearing, that is another data point for how we want to keep those first dates short, yes. shorter than yeah. we probably have. Because you remember two things. You remember the beginning and you remember the end. And mm-hmm. if you are staying and staying and saying, I didn't tell you what happened at the end, but I remember it. Uh, if you overstay your welcome on that first date, then the energy of the date drops. And then mm. you remember, "Oh, we ran out of things to talk about, and then you don't have that excitement that you can bring into the second date,
0: yeah, so a lot of people think that, um, I like what you're talking about because there's a strategy in this instead of just putting it on you know the universe or if it was meant to be, it was meant to be and and all of that um you're saying. Less history, more mystery, right? That's a thing. You're saying uh, be curious for three dates. Don't just end it because the person doesn't you know, um, turn you on or excite you sexually or whatever. You're saying don't focus just on types. Focus on how you want the person to make you feel. And that um, attraction doesn't have to come in a bottle. It doesn't have to be instant that um, if you want to build a sustainable relationship, that traction and chemistry, that can be grown.
1: Totally. And you are not probably going to find all of those things on the first date. But Mm -hmm. we're out here dating by list and saying like, okay, I'm checking these boxes. We're looking for red flags. And then it's no wonder that you're on these dates too long. You're looking for all of these qualities. You're finding all the red flags that you're looking for because if you look for them, you're going to find them. And then it's no wonder that you feel disappointed after every date because you're like you've set the bar for yourself so high so what i hope to do for everybody today is just to give you back a little bit of your power Mm -hmm. and know like nobody online also can make you feel any kind of way that you have more control than you think you do if you put a process around dating and put aside this idea that it is supposed to happen magically. Like you said, I, I call that the soulmate myth. Like if it's meant to be, it'll be, yeah. um, that hasn't really happened for most of my clients. We do the steps strategically and then we find that we get the same outcomes, a successful relationship. So nobody's going to tell me that there isn't a way to do it because I've, I've, laid it out for people and I've repeated it and tested it and we can do it the wrong way and we can be frustrated by it or we can look to uplevel our skills in dating from everything from how to, you know, putting forward a better dating profile. We didn't even talk about that yet, but... T- uh, putting forward a better dating profile, improving your flirting skills, improving your conversation skills, getting more in touch with what's happening internally and what signals your own body is mm-hmm. sending you, and listening to that, and then being able to build the relationship from that online connection or offline connection. I think one something more.
0: Yeah, I think one can say or argue that well, now dating the way that you guys are presenting it. Uh, sounds unsexy. It sounds um, artificial. There's strategy. There's you know. That's why a lot of people are like, you know, what if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and they just uh, kind of cross fingers. Uh, but I think the problem with that is uh, it can be a cop out. It can be um, you know, if you're just waiting and then you you are dismissing it as uh, well. It's not meant to be. Then you're closing the door for you to uh, do some work on yourself or to you know ask hard questions or to lean into. Um, resistance, lean into things that may be uncomfortable?
1: I think everything in our lives is both simpler and more complicated. You know, like we want to lean on apps for efficiency. And yet it does mean that we have to improve our skills. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, that doesn't sound very sexy. It doesn't sound like um, it's, it's not... It's not very sexy, but we lay those foundations so that then you can have the fun and the freedom and you can build something that will ultimately sustain for a longer time and be more interesting mm-hmm. for a longer amount of time than if you just went based on, based on chance. And for those people that just reject dating apps entirely, aside from the fact that that is where most people are meeting today, then I ask them, I mean, I have people in my program that are like, I just don't do dating apps. And I'm like, okay. But then are you willing to do the other work to be visible? Because everybody, mm. you're going to go out to the bar and everybody's going to be in their phone.
0: <laughs> right. is <Isn't> that <laughs> right. exciting
1: right. about the world that we live in now? But yeah. that's the reality, right? So, So are you willing to do the other work to to go to, to, to mixers and bars and talk Mm -hmm. to friends and ask for setups and (laughs) hire a matchmaker or whatever it is, or just show up in a different way and actually talk to people when you're doing activities that you're already doing. But we've all become really reliant on the phones for our communication, for our connection. So you can do it the other way, but I would actually argue that it's a lot more effort. Yeah, especially so. if
0: you're an, you're an introvert, especially if you don't go out yeah. much, especially yeah, absolutely. Okay, but I feel so like we're all introverts
1: now, <laughs> like you know.
0: Yeah, the world <laughs> has conditioned us that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if someone is listening and they uh, were against dating apps at the beginning of this, and now they're like, "All right, you guys convince me, I'm going to do it." What like okay? So we talked about mindset. Um, what about the the actual? um, bio profile, uh, you said you had some tips there on how they should present themselves.
1: Well, you have to focus on those pictures. It goes back to what I was saying Mm. at the beginning about my experience in casting. And we can, again, we can be mad about it and say like, people are just judging me based on my pictures. Or we can accept that that's the reality of where we are and make our pictures do a few things strategically. One, grab attention. So I talk about the three C's of a dating profile, Mm -hmm. the way an easy way to grab attention is just by using color. Like these are all simple tips, John. These are so simple. (laughs) Just using color. Mm. Like I have a pink background behind me right now. Yeah. Background. You can have, you can be wearing a color, but that will just alone set you apart from most of the monotone colors you will see as people are just swiping through it grabs the attention yeah then the second thing we do the second c is context that's telling your story visually what do you do i know you know you enjoy bike riding you Mm -hmm. do you have a you have a motorcycle Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you like to go to coffee shops and write like i would have all of those i know you're not on the dating apps
0: Girls but those images you're saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're saying, okay, so if John, you like motorcycles, that has to come through um, and it has to be honest, right? So if I didn't like motor- motorcycles, me posing in front of one would be cheesy and would be, you know, now false, uh, false advertising. Adver- advertising, right? Yeah. Uh, but if that's a part of your life, um, show real life pictures. And I, I agree with you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And if you don't have enough to show, like I'll tell my clients, then get a hobby, find something to do. And, and like, we make these judgments of ourselves. Like, you know, I had a client that was kind of an introvert and she loved to read. And I was like, have a picture with you and your favorite book. And Mm. that is leaving a thread for conversation. So that person is, if they've read the book, they might have a comment on that. If they haven't read it, they may be curious about that. So we also want to think about leaving these little these little nuggets for people to have an entry point into a conversation with us. And what about sexy pics? Is...
0: is that uh is that something that you can you you can use one card there or is that like you no know, get away like keep your clothes on kind of thing?
1: I would say keep your clothes on. But again, you can use dating apps for different things, but most people come to me because they want a relationship, but I say you do need to have a full body or a three-quarter shot. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but you could have one like You know, I I had a client whose profile I looked at last week who had, she does like triathlons. So she had a picture of her like running in a triathlon. Mm -hmm. She has a great figure. She's very fit. That did like all three things. It had color. It had context. And then it had also the third C, which is character. And that's really showing your personality. Like to me through that photo, I got that she's really,
2: she's really determined. She's
1: ambitious you know and people will be afraid to show that that quirky nerdy side or that like you know goofy side i i if a client is into halloween i almost always have them put a halloween pic because mm-hmm. it shows your sense of humor your sensibility mm-hmm. what you're interested in and those always get comments on them as well so we do the 3 Cs and focus on the photos and then with the bio i try to get people to also Think about storytelling. How can you say, leave as many details and say as much as you can in the smallest space possible? And a lot of times people are composing, you know, right there on the app and they're like, this was the best that I could do after a glass of wine. And I get that. like, That is the best that you could do after a glass of wine at, at 11 o'clock. But if you take some time to really craft the message, you will see a noticeable difference in the number of people matching with you.
0: Yeah. So instead of a resume, you're posting uh, more of your, your story. So if you're reading the person's profile, you get, get more of a sense of who they are um, and how they are, not so much what they've done or what they do. Correct?
1: You're painting a picture of your life, the life that you're inviting this person into.
0: Mm, and oh, like you're that.
1: also trying to trying to create a lasting memory. So if I say... I really love mm, hip hop music. You're like, Oh, cool. Okay. I understand. If I say, I'm going to date myself when I say this, if I say, which is true, I went to the salt and Peppa concert last mm. week and, <laughs> and it was fire. Right. <laughs> you're now, now you kind of have a, se- a sense of my sensibility, you have your taste. my, like my taste and, how old and you are? You, and that how old I don't know. I was how old <laughs> I am. Um, I, I was a little young for salt and pepper. I'll just say that. <laughs> but I wasn't I, I did I was old. <laughs> see my own mortality as I was yeah. looking around. I was like, oh, this is now, this is my generation. But what what you do is you paint a picture. Now you can kind of picture, oh, what would that salt and pepper concert look like? And then you might have follow up questions like Did you dance? What's your favorite? song of theirs who opened for them you can ha- you can start to yeah. get into the story as opposed to just like do you like hip hop music sure like who do you like who do you listen to mm-hmm. oh this person mm-hmm. and that person it becomes like a transactional conversation versus a curiosity led conversation
0: i love this um you're presenting your story because i think it also works uh um for content on social media right instead of just doing a yeah. lot of tap dancing and selling shit What is your story? You know, like going in through that door, and that—that—that's. I think that's why people follow you is because um, something about you and your story and how you show up is relatable, or uh, they want to know more. You know, and I think it's the same with with dating apps. Is uh, what is your story? Who are you? How do you show up? And and uh, I think that's a lot more powerful than a bikini photo, you know, on the hood of a Ferrari or something.
1: <laughs> and I'll give you an example of how that, how that really plays out. Like I did a profile polish for a woman for, um, Shondaland, the Shonda Rhymes um, online magazine. Mm-hmm. And they liked it a whole before and after. And I could tell right off the bat where, where her challenge was because she had a bikini photo. She was like 26 She had a bikini photo. She had photos of her drinking, photos of her with her friends partying. Mm. And she's very attractive. And she's 26 and beautiful, blonde, great body. She looked great. But I was like, okay, so you're getting a lot of matches and nobody's taking you out. And she was like, how did you know? Oh, well, because what she's, what she's attracting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So was she getting a lot of people who want sex? What you want. Yeah.
1: Yeah, completely. Yeah, Completely. Or people that just were like, wanted to like her so they could say, oh, this hot girl liked me back, but they didn't have the, they didn't have enough to go on to really take the initiative to write to her. And they weren't matching her because they saw a synergy there and an attraction. They were just matching based on a a. Biological chemical reaction, so I had her take away the bikini shot, take away the group shots, please, y'all, no group shots. I, yeah, you are no shots where you have to, you you have to like logo.
0: decide or figure out who the person is, right? That that, that it's and which it's a one risk, are right?
1: Because then, yeah. what if your what if your girlfriend is cuter and like they thought that they were matching <laughs> right. with you and no, right? No, no. So you're the star of your profile, and so I had her really get into what she wanted to present for. The relationship she wanted, not what she thought was going to be attractive or what always gets a lot of likes, Mm -hmm. but not the result that she wanted. And then she came back, you know, a week later and she was like, here's the result. The real result is I got fewer matches. I got fewer matches and I got fewer messages. But they were better quality. They were better quality. And she's like, I've been telling all of my friends about your tips since then because she was wasting a lot of time. And this comes back to this idea of dating app disappointment. You have all of these possibilities. You have a you have a roster full of matches, and they're the wrong matches. And then you're exhausted texting these 20 people when none of them have really pre-qualified for being the right match for you, not just somebody that's attracted to your bikini bod.
0: Can I ask what some of the newer photos were that she swapped out for the bikini bod and well, the group you could photo? you see
1: it at Shondaland.com. <laughs> but we just went – you know, she was – she. we just went with more
0: – Real life. Some that
1: showed her personality and that mm-hmm. she also had like a goofy fun side. And then we also went with some that showed the more grounded, like mm-hmm. I can look at this and see my girlfriend, not just a girl that I'm gonna like take to the beach and, and bang on the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know Simple. what? This reminds me of um, going from a poster to a real three dimensional person. So going from the going from the cardboard cutout, which is bikini. Or, you know, very polished poster type of, um, you know, the, the, an ad on a billboard on a bus, like those kind of photos to real life, which is uh, the image that comes to my mind is like what you said, reading a book, you know. And so uh, if I would rather see someone very attractive reading a book, that would get my attention more than if she was half naked.
1: Well, on my own profile. So I had I had. <laughs> This party photo from like the back of a limousine. Nobody else was in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I was in (laughs) Vegas with my friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, fun girl. And then my next photo was me in my glasses. I I got LASIK, but I used to Mm -hmm. wear glasses. Mm -hmm. And I was like much more, I don't know, much more intellectual and bookish. And my husband said it was that photo. That got him to message me. He almost looked at the, the back of the Vegas party bus photo and was like, no, I don't thanks. know if that girl is for me. But the, it, now, again, if I was coaching myself, I would have left that one out. Yeah. But it was because it was not telling the story that I really wanted to be telling. I wanted to be telling the story that got my, my husband to message me.
0: Yeah. I have an old photo. I think it's like 2010 of me doing a session and uh, it's shot from the side and I'm, I'm just wearing um, a shirt and underwear. And so, yes, yes, I am kind of naked, but I'm not flexing. It's humor. It's like, you know, the fact that I don't wear pants while I work. So something (laughs) like that can work because that's more now we're talking about character silliness, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it all comes back to, like you were saying about the you know, a social presence that there's something about your life, right? That makes people say, oh, I'm interested mm-hmm. in this person or the way that they present things. And it, this is what we mean when we talk about authenticity, that that you're willing to present the real you and not, not some filtered, you know, curated version of what yeah. your life is. Or aspirational version, like if you if you see me in a dating profile with my, you see me on Instagram with a motorcycle, it's not that's that's just smoke and mirrors. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not you because that's right. not me, right? Right. Uh, so, if we can really reframe this idea of there are certain qualities that are attractive, and we have to we have to change ourselves. And present ourselves by those set of norms rather than mm-hmm. our authentic self, I think we would all be a lot happier and we'd all have more success on the day. I episode.
0: love this. Give us the documentary, not the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Give us the real you. And I think this is where now the um, what you put out there is going to be what you attract. This is where now the kind of like um, give it to the universe can work. You know, if you are putting yourself out in an honest way, then, yeah, you're going to attract um, people who are me- meant to come into your life, you know. Um, but but the way that you're putting yourself out there is intentional. It's not approval seeking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I I do really believe in things happening for a reason. And I mm-hmm, think there sure. is some divine order to the universe. But I think you got to give the universe like a little something to work with. you yeah, got to yeah, set yeah. yourself up yeah. for success. You, know? you gotta meet the and universe halfway. <laughs> you do, you yeah. do. But it works. It works when you work it. And and it's all about that that mindset. If you think of this as, oh, this is a chore, or this doesn't sound sexy, or this this, you know, this sounds like oh, I, I if, even if you just are rejecting any avenue for meeting your person, like just Im- it's funny that we will just sign off of dating apps and be like, well, online dating isn't for me. But we would never say, oh, I'm never going to go, like, to a grocery store again because I didn't mm-hmm. meet my husband at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen that trope in, in rom-coms. It, yeah. it very rarely happens. But I still get people saying, I just wanted to just, like, show up in my life and, like, yeah. I'll be at the grocery store and we'll lock eyes. And when has that ever happened? Yeah, when has that ever happened, happened, happened in real no. life for you? Right. No. But we don't say, oh, well, I'm not going to go to the grocery store anymore. We still show up at the grocery store. I mean, we also need groceries, yeah. but we show up at the grocery store and, and there, that mindset that you take into it is really, is really going to paint the picture of, of your reality and is going to impact the results that you get back.
0: Yes. And, you know, every time I was single for the long stretches, especially, um, and we can end with a kind of a, a few final words, but, um. I always tried to use singlehood as a vehicle or as a canvas for me to um, learn more about myself, for me to stretch, to for me to you know date against type, for me to um, give myself a new experience instead of to be predictable. And so for me, uh, that was interesting, right? And there was a period in my life before I met Vanessa where I was like, you know what, I I am gonna go try to um, get my hands on some debauchery and and do some crazy shit and have dumpster sex and wake up with someone I don't like and dumpster take drugs sex. and all that. Well, it never, it never happened, but, but, okay. but I didn't get far because, you know, I got set up on a blind date. You're, you're w- wiping the sweat off your forehead. Um, that's a little exaggerated <laughs> dumpster sex, but um, I, I wanted Woo. to um, cause in my twenties uh, I was, you know, I was married. And so um, for me, that felt kind of exciting and different. Uh, and of course I didn't get far, but uh, use your singlehood, <laughs> As um, something that you can take hold of, and let it be something that excites you. Most people see singlehood as like hot lava, and I'm I gotta I gotta I gotta, I gotta jump on an island. You know, I gotta <laughs> I gotta find someone quick. There's a ticking clock, um, you know, and there's like this panic and, des- and it's lying with desperation. So instead, take a breath, uh, because when you do get into a relationship. You know, (laughs) you're gonna have a lot less freedom. And uh, now there's another person. And so go do all the shit that you've been wanting to do, um, like travel or whatever, Um, date against type, be curious, and use it um, as kind of a, a, a blank canvas to paint on, knowing that it's not forever. And then you are gonna, you know, find someone that you're gonna wanna invest in. Instead of like this panic, oh my god, I'm I um I need to find someone because I don't want people to think I'm single and all that.
1: Yeah, well, we could do a whole other episode, maybe we will, around single shame. Oh uh, uh, yeah, because I think there yeah. are a lot of societal beliefs that that make us have have shame and fear and panic around mm-hmm. singlehood. And I'll just leave with I'll just leave with this. I I also tell my clients the way that I coach people to date, it is a lot of effort. <laughs> it, is, it is a yeah. lot of skill building and it does, it does require a, it does require you to mindfully show up for the process. But I also tell them like, you don't have to be doing, you don't have to be dating at 100% effort mm-hmm. all of the time. And that's where you can be single on purpose and take those seasons to figure out about yourself and what makes you tick and what, what you've learned from your prior experiences and then reapply them. I'll just tell my clients like set a date that you're mm-hmm. gonna go back on the apps or you're going to you know start your dating plan again. But then really take that time in between to fuel your own soul and your own self because you're already whole, you're already 100%. And if you're not, that's what your primary focus has to be. Mm-hmm. Or you will be out here dating, trying to fill that, that hole and it can't be filled. Or if it is filled, it will be, it will be a false attraction. You do those seasons where you work on yourself and then do the seasons where you are dating. And then maybe the season for a relationship will come out of that. But if you kind of think of it as seasons of your life and not just like this interminable, uh purgatory that you are yeah. stuck within yeah
0: i love that seasons it, it of your becomes life
1: less fresh yes. yeah. chapters
0: <laughs> of your story and also think about who you're going to be and what you're going to bring to the table when you do find someone that you want to invest in and uh you know that will get you busy uh to do what uh the saying which is working on yourself and connecting to yourself and if you feel like there's a giant hole and you're gonna fill that with someone else what do you think the relationship's gonna look like right
1: Codependency.
0: Yes. Yeah. and uh, Different episode. Uh, <laughs> different episode. <laughs> um, let me ask you this for people who are listening and um, they're like, oh, I want to work with this person. And I'm not talking about me, but you. Are you taking clients? <laughs> How do people find you? Uh, what are you up to besides all the stuff that you're doing on media?
1: Well the best way for people to get a little dose of my advice every week is by subscribing to the dates and mates podcast mm-hmm. in addition to this podcast of course yes <laughs> and then i also have a free profile starter kit so for anyone's like uh i like what she said but i didn't quite grasp that or can i see some examples uh i have that at datesandmates.com, which is also where you can also hear the the podcast there i do uh I do my signature program twice a year. So Mm -hmm. we're right in the thick of our fall semester, but enrollment will open later this year for the January group. So if you get the free profile starter kit, then that's the best way to kind of get in the loop so that you know when the next uh, enrollment is open.
0: It's like dating boot camp, dating school.
1: 100%. (laughs) And then
0: eventually, eventually, um, and this is coming up um, soon is uh, people are going to be able to, um, read your book <laughs> after you write it, in, which you're in the middle of. Far
1: in the future, in in a land far away called yeah. 2024, there will be a book called The Modern Love Myth that people can nice. get. That's all about kind of the origins of how we got to this new phase of dating and how we can be successful in rewriting our relationship with dating and our dating story and relationship goals from here.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And Damona is going to um, continue to create um, interesting conversations around singlehood, dating, all of that stuff on this podcast sporadically. So, um, yeah, watch out for her and follow her on uh, social media and check out her podcast, Dates and Mates. Yes. Yeah, thank you.
1: Hoffman. Thank you. Yes.
0: Be well. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere come back, if you have revelations and wisdom, Please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story. And you could just record it directly from your phone. And email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single On Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a
2: friend. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and this is my singlehood story. It's still fairly new. I was married for 12 years, and he and I were together for 15 I met him when I was 21. We were married when I was 24. Looking back, I know I felt like I needed to be loved, chosen, wanted. I still suffer actually with that need at times, but at a young age, um, I found someone with so many similarities to me. He loved fishing, football, outdoors, good food, good beer. I was a guy's girl and I'd finally found someone who liked that. So over the years, I felt like I was growing and evolving and changing in a good way like one would do as they get older in life and um, i just felt like he was always staying back and just always the same man that i met when i was 21. i felt that he was complacent and eventually sex was next to non-existent and when it did happen it felt like it was just about him so ultimately i felt like i was living with a roommate now over the years i would go through these cycles of being frustrated with um, lack of communication, um, my needs not feeling like they were being met. Um, I would voice them, communicate really well, um, in my opinion, and would just be left with nothing. And when I would get really frustrated, I'd be like, look, let's go to couples therapy. Um, And when I would get to that point, I would get just breadcrumbs, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, of all the things that I was asking for. So it was like, okay, so you know what to do. You just don't wanna do it or that's how I took it. So anyways, um, that was just the cycle and then I would fall back into complacency and then I would get happy and then time would go on and we would go through another cycle. Finally, I was just like, I was this past, it was in 2021, so this last year, fell into another rut, getting frustrated, not happy, Um, And I'd had it. I finally um, went to therapy on my own without him knowing and just had so many of my feelings um, affirmed by my therapist and was challenged to express my concerns with my then husband. And um, I was met with um, a lot of pushback and actually saw a lot of sides of him that I'd never seen before. Anger being a huge one. a little scary at sometimes but um, ultimately i asked him to go to therapy with me and he dragged his feet uh, and never did it until i expressed my concern um, and my feelings of being done when he felt like i was about to be walking out the door he's like well i was just about to go sign up for therapy and then i was like man no, I'm done. I've done this cycle way too many times and we're here and I'm emotionally spent and I I just can't do it anymore. So I was done. I'm still in the final stages of divorce now, but I feel as single as I possibly could. I'm working through a lot of resentment, resentment of feeling like, why wasn't I enough to fight for? We have a daughter. Why wouldn't he want to fight for us, for our family? Um, so I'm still struggling a little bit with that, but ultimately I do know that I'm enough. I'm slowly finding myself the woman that I started to become, but got halted by marriage and the whole quote unquote, not wanting to stir any pot and quote unquote, it could always be worse. So I got stuck in complacency. I got stuck in people pleasing. And now I say yes to things that fuel me. I say no to things that don't align align with my growth. I'm traveling more. I'm flirting, which is so much fun, I almost miss it. Um, I'm enjoying learning who I am in this new skin of being single. I feel sexier than I've ever felt before. I feel like I've become a better mother and a better friend and a better me. Um, I have this whole new outlook of hope of what my future will hold hoping it will be with someone that I can grow with one day but learning to be content in my aloneness without feeling lonely. Now not to say that I don't have days where I feel loneliness creeping in and old thoughts popping into my brain but I can honestly say there has not been one day since cutting ties that I've looked back and regretted my decision and for that I'm fucking stoked to see what my future holds. And yeah that's me and my singlehood and it's still fairly new but i'm excited and um yeah that's it thanks